Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Cameron. All right. I got background music. <laughs> That's cool. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to start over the start now. So we're beginning uh, those new series called Healthy Relationships. And so each Sunday this month, we'll be speaking on a topic related to how to grow in our relationships and and become more Christ-like. And uh, I'm glad to be here. As Israel mentioned, I'm Pastor Cameron. And... uh, 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 Normally I'm in the church in Kalamazoo, but down here at least once or twice a month as well. And it's always uh, great to, to be here and to see you and to uh, see God's work in Cass County. Um, healthy relationships are, are core to being Christian. And um, the Bible says, uh, or Jesus said in John 13, He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so when we talk about healthy relationships, we're talking about living a life that demonstrates love in all of our relationships. And Jesus says something really profound here, that that this is his commandment, that we love one another. And that that by doing this, by living in this way, people will know that we're his disciples. The identifying characteristic of Christians and Christianities should be our healthy relationships, that we're living a love-filled life in every relationships uh, we may have. Uh, commentary, Clark, uh, who actually lived around the time of the American Revolution, <clears throat> wrote on this, he said, A new commandment I give unto you. In what sense are we to understand this as a new commandment? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself was a precept in the law. You can find that same commandment in the law. It's in Leviticus. Uh, and it's the very same that Christ repeats here. How then was it new? What did Jesus mean when he said it was a new commandment if he's just quoting from the Old Testament? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. Even as I have loved you, Christ more than fulfilled the Mosaic uh, precept. He not only loved his neighbor as himself, but he loved his neighbor more than himself. All right, And so Jesus, as he did with all of the law, redefines, doesn't really redefine, but clarifies and brings a, a, a biblical, a godly perspective to the law. That in actuality, uh, we are to love others more than ourselves in the way that Christ did. Because He laid down His life for us, right? In this, He calls upon His disciples to imitate Him, to be ready on all occasions to lay down their lives for each other. 
And First uh, John repeats this idea, expands it <clears throat> as uh, John the Apostle is writing uh, a letter to the churches. He said, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. First of all, I just want to um, clarify. Um, sometimes it's hard to understand or <clears throat> it's assumed when it says love one another, it's love each other, uh, love other Christians. Isn't that how we normally kind of interpret that? Love the other people in your church. Nobody else raised their hands. <laughs> I actually don't think that's that's really... I mean, there's a few places where that's specifically clarified. Uh, you know, uh, 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 care for uh, one another, especially those of the household of God, it says in one place. So there are a few places in the in, in New Testament where it's specifically talking about how we treat one another as Christians, as brothers. But I think this is one another. We're all humans. Right? Are are you a human today? (laughs) Who's not sure? (laughs) All right. So we have, you know, the one another is, is the people driving down the road like a low IQ donkey. I've never heard that before. A low IQ donkey. I had to think for a minute. What? Oh. (laughs) Let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. Boom. And so the degree that you're not loving... That degree, you don't know God. If you're not demonstrating love in a particular relationship or in a particular situation, you don't know God in that situation. You can know a lot of things about God, but there's, that's, that's the indicator light on your, on your spiritual dashboard flashing, you got a problem. You don't know God here. And that's where you have to find God. In the places or in the relationships where you're not demonstrating love. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest toward us that God sent His only Son, His only begotten Son into the world that, he might li- uh, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. And so the idea here is God initiated love. He loved first. When we didn't deserve it. When the guy driving down the road doesn't deserve our love. When, uh, you know, the, the person that we're doing business with doesn't deserve being loved because they're taking advantage of us. When people are saying things that aggravate us, infuriate us, saying things and doing behaviors that we both believe and know to be destructive to, to even our own family or in our, our country, our community. We can disagree with them. Jesus hanging on the cross 
didn't agree with what was happening as being just, right? Was Jesus hanging on the cross justice? No, he was innocent, right? So he was being treated unjustly by a, a wicked religious system and a wicked government. Right? And how did he respond? You low IQ donkeys! I'm going to use that all day. <laughs> I'm going to use it all week in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you glad what came out of Jesus' mouth was, Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. (gasps) Wow. He initiated love. We need to initiate love. We need to love first. We need to don't wait to be loved in order to love back. That's not being Christ-like. That's just being normal. Okay? We need to be above normal. We need to be super normal, supernatural love. God paid the price. That's what the word propitiation means. He paid the price. It cost God a lot. How much did it cost Jesus to demonstrate love? Everything, right? Likewise, we need to be willing to pay the price for love. Uh, uh, <clears throat> how do we do this? How do we, how do we actually practically love our, our others, our neighbors, our enemies in this way? Thankfully, few of us will ever have the opportunity to die for someone you know we don't want to be martyrs uh, uh, like jesus died but we're still called to die to ourselves in order to demonstrate love jesus said that uh, loving like he loved defined what it means to be a christian and how the world would know that we were his followers so this is super super important and healthy relationships therefore are absolutely essential and not optional so we want to talk about how we can love like christ loved in healthy relationships in in various different ways and today i'm going to be talking on how our communication is uh, so important in developing healthy relationships you can know someone you can know about someone without communicating with them like i've never actually uh, spoken to abraham lincoln it's impossible right but i know a lot of information about him uh, there's a lot of people i've never communicated with but i know about them but i don't know them and they don't know me um you you uh uh, you cannot actually know someone or actually have a relationship without communication. And so communication is extremely essential to having healthy relationships. And this includes all types of uh, communication, verbal and nonverbal. And many of you may know that, uh, I forget the actual percentage, but like 95 to 98% of our communication is actually nonverbal, our body language, you know, all the different kind of cues that we do non-verbally. It, that's part of our communication. And in fact, that's the majority of our communication. And all of it needs to come under the um, uh, influence of God's Word and God's nature. Uh, today, we actually have uh, too many ways to communicate. Email. Tech. We, you know, you have to, like, I, uh, I'm leaving straight from here to Tennessee and I, I got uh, about a third of the way here, and I, I realized I'd forgotten one of my bags, all my shirts. 
<laughs> I'm like, oh man, I, I gotta run back. So I had to actually think, do I text? Do I call? <laughs> you know, we have to decide what format we're gonna communicate in now. Uh, so we have a messenger last night. Um, we had, my wife and I had a long conversation with our son who's living in Toronto and we haven't been able to see him because of the whole border shutdown thing. And, um, so it was like, uh, we knew we were going to talk, but we didn't know how. <laughs> we're going to use FaceTime, we're going to do Messenger, we're going to do a Zoom call, we're going to use, going to use the old thing called a telephone. <laughs> um, and, and so there's all these different ways. There's other things like Instagram and, um, What's that other one? Snapchat. Snapchat. That doesn't exist anymore, does it? Really? What was the one that uh, the pro- former president used a lot? Oh, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> I like teasing people. <laughs> I never figured out Twitter. I was one of the first ones because I'm a new adapter. I found out about it before anybody else knew about it. I signed China. I was like, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so I don't tweet. Um, this actually makes it harder, not easier to communicate. Right? Uh, there's so many different ways, and I, I like to compare it to uh, how long it takes uh, to learn a new form of communication. And so, obviously, people have been talking uh, for as long as, as there is recorded history. But you know what? Uh, written language and reading and writing... Uh, our society has only, in the last really less than a hundred years, figured out how to use writing and reading as a primary way of communication. You may not think that, but it's absolutely true. Okay, um, because previously to about a hundred years ago, the vast majority of the world population was totally illiterate. Only the educated, and even in early America. You know, people would sign with just an X because they couldn't write and they couldn't read. And it wasn't until the the school systems uh, and and really less than a hundred years ago that everyone just about knows how to read and write. And so, but reading and writing, how long has that been around? Thousands of years, many many thousands of years. And so, but for the, for humanity to fully embrace written communication actually took thousands of years. And now within the last 10 years, we've been just flooded with all these new forms of communication. Uh, not only, you know, texting is writing, but it's a total different type of writing. And some people don't realize that and they try to write like chapters in a text. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I can't read a text that long. I'm sorry. Even an email. Like, one paragraph, guys. Text, two sentences. Maybe, maybe three or four words is good. Texting is good for like, we need milk. <laughs> I've had a counseling appointments where people come in and they've printed out all of their texts. And it's like pages and pages. And I'm, I just go, I'm not going to read that. I'm like, first of all, don't communicate that way. You, you can't communicate those types of uh, issues in that format. So anyway, we just haven't figured out how to use all of these, let alone how to use them in a Christ-like way. 
I mean, would Jesus actually use these kind of things? It's called emojis. <laughs> Which ones would he use it? I mean, we got to think about this. Do you guys know what OMG means? You can say it, it's in church. Oh my God! That's what it means. You know what YOLO means? You don't? You only live once. But of course, the Christian version would, well, actually, you do live twice. So that would be YOLT. Because <laughs> there's going to be a resurrection. <laughs> okay. Would Jesus unfriend somebody? Cancel culture, right? Is that Christ-like? What are the biblical guidelines of who you follow? I actually follow a couple of people on, on YouTube. Um, I, call, I, 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 I mistakenly called them my friends because I watch them so much. There's this couple that lives in Japan. I love Japan. And so for years I've been watching their videos and they just do stuff. They go to places I go. And I'll be talking about my friends in Japan. I'm like, they're not my friends. <laughs> I'm like, that's creepy. <laughs> I hope to meet them someday. So, uh, anyway, <clears throat> so, and they're like, what level of intimacy can you really achieve in that type of communication? And there's uh, this is pretty uh, well recognized five levels of uh, communication. We're going to try to get through this real quick. Um, the first level is hallway talk, <clears throat> and that's uh, rituals. Cliches. Hey, how you doing? You're not really asking. Hey, how are you doing? You know, you don't want. You know, you know. Uh, good to see you. What's up? You know, it's just stuff you say as you're passing. You just see one another. It's greeting. It's important, uh, but it's very, very shallow and intentionally so. And then there's reporter talk, and this is stuff like the weather. You know, uh, you know, you talk about the weather a lot. All over the world, people talk about the weather. Everywhere I go, they talk about the weather. Uh, you know what? Because it's something we all have to relate to. Um, <clears throat> it's small talk. Or you talk about the price of gas. Or you talk about something, you know, that's just information. It's, it's, it's facts, but it's not emotionally loaded facts. It's not politics or religion. It's just, you know, neutral facts. One thing that's really important, some people, and I used to say this many, many years, decades ago, I don't like small talk. Well, listen, this level of talk is really important because if you can't communicate love and um, safety on this level, no one will ever advance to the next level. All right. So just last night, I went to pick up some food from a restaurant. And uh, so the restaurant's going to be closed on, on Mondays because they don't have enough waiters. I'm really bummed because I, my wife and I always get dinner from that restaurant on Mondays. All right. It's just a routine. And I was like, and I mentioned, oh, dude, it's going to be closed on Mondays. That's a bummer. That's my day. I always come. And so that was kind of just reporter talk, just information. And this bartender, who's the guy who's making the transaction, he just gets livid. He's mad. He's like, well, yeah, the people that own the place don't take care of their, their employees. What do they expect? You know, two of our employees just, just left because of he was just going on and on and on. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Pour ourselves a drink, you know. <laughs> and so that told me, okay, I'm not going to talk about anything serious with this guy if he's going to get intense about 
He's going to be closed on Mondays. I'm just trying to make conversation here. Then you have uh, intellectual talk. That's when you begin to uh, introduce ideas. Um, but these are just ideas and theories, and, and you can begin to talk about uh, your ideas or your judgments. In other words, you think this is right. or So this is when you start talking about politics, religion. You start talking about sociological issues. You know, I just don't think it's right that they should be paying people unemployment without requiring them to go look for a job. You know, thankfully that's changing in our state. You are now have to look for a job and actually show that you demonstrate you're looking for a job before you get unemployment benefits. But that's information, uh, intellectual talk where you're actually sharing ideas. And you risk more of yourself because you have to reveal what ideas you may believe in or you may not believe in. And so, again, do you see how that's going to a different level? And we need to be able to communicate with people that have different ideas in a way that demonstrates love. Why? Because we want to develop relationship with them and not just prove we're right or wrong. All right. And so this is another avenue where we learn how to uh, uh, communicate in a way that's life-giving and loving. Um, and just knowing these steps, you know, if, you, if you're stuck in hallway talk and reporter talk and you never get beyond that, you need to work on that. You need to find ways to talk about ideas and information in a deeper way. <clears throat> but that should lead to emotional talk. And that's when you use the word, I feel. All right, And this is super important. If you want to develop a deeper relationship with someone, you need to begin to use uh, the word feel. Everyone say feel. feel. Say, I feel. I feel. Okay, and so just after that, say whatever you're feeling right now. I feel happy, tired, hungry. Bored. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so, um, actually, sometimes I'm doing marriage counseling. Um, you know, my assignment is every day, tell each other how you feel at least one time a day. You know, because you, you, you don't want to go to the feeling level, and so you stick with idea levels, or you only stick even with reporter talk. Because you know that once you get to the feeling level, you're exposing yourself. But that's the only way to grow in a relationship, to get to the relationship to a more intimate level in order to really get to know someone, to share where... And and people won't feel comfortable sharing their feelings if you're not sharing your feelings. And so how do you find ways to appropriately share feelings and appropriately uh, create a safe... place where others can share their feelings with you. And the peak communication, this highest place, is where there's an open flow of communication. There's, it's, there, there's a, there's a, neither one, uh, no one in the group or in the relationship is being judgmental. People can speak very truthfully, openly, without fear of being judged. <clears throat> there's accept. Acceptance of one another, even if there's differences, but there's also uh, the ability to confront one another and challenge one another because uh, they already know that, that there, there's love. That you can challenge someone and the person will receive it because you won't. Uh, there's not a fear of being rejected. 
okay? Because you've already established uh, uh, trust and uh, an expectation of honesty. And so getting to the place of peak communication is, is our goal in any developed relationship, in any relationship where we want to have true intimacy, certainly within our, our marriages, with our children, with our loved ones, but also as you develop in, in the small groups that we have or community groups or uh, in any situation, this is how you progress in your level of communication uh, uh, and in each one of those levels learning how to do it skillfully and do it in love and so I want to share some biblical principles about uh, biblical communication so we can learn how to uh, communicate Christ-like uh, very short verse in Ephesians says speaking the truth in love Right? Uh, That's one of the verses everyone can uh, memorize. Speaking truth in love. That's what we're called to do. Truth is not more important than love. And a lot of people uh, misunderstand that. We need to be true, you know, as though, like, love is being, um, uh, um, too, uh, free and, and too accommodating. No. We speak the truth in love. It's not one or the other. It has to be both. Truth must, and the idea here is truth is in love. So I like to picture it as it's wrapped in love. Alright, like uh, truth is the meat, love is the bread. It makes a good, nice sandwich. Alright, so the truth must be wrapped in love in order for it to be true. All right. In order, really, for it to be biblically true, in, in, the, in the sense of, of being true, uh, and to be effective. Otherwise, it can be uh, used in a way that's destructive. Jesus is, in the Scripture, called the Word. In another place, He's called the truth. Right, But He's the fullest expression of God's love. And so, Truth and love is embodied perfectly in the person of Jesus Christ. And we're called to live Christ-like. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He sent His Son. For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, tell them everything that they're doing wrong, right? But that the world through Him might be saved. And so our communication should be uh, with that same goal, never condemning, all right? But hopefully that through our communication and demonstration of Christ's love, they can hear the truth because it's wrapped in love. Even when we're confronting error, okay? We need to wrap it in love because that's how Jesus did it. Uh, consistently, read the Gospels. Uh, and then another, uh, my favorite verse on uh, communication is from Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. There's, there's only a few things in your life that you have almost total control over. All right? You don't have total control over what you see. You have a lot of control over what you see. But if you're driving down the road and there's these billboards that are like, when I was a kid, that would be considered pornography. Okay? Seriously, they're like, dang. <laughs> you know, somebody does something, you know. Uh, uh, you can't live your whole life with your eyes closed, right? But you know what? You have almost total control over the words you say. 
No one can force you to say something. Unless you're being tortured, you know, like in those TV shows with the batteries and the cables. You never watched them? I'll show you how it works. <laughs> you know, waterboarding, you know. <laughs> Eventually they'll say anything, right? We don't experience that. You have total control of what goes in your mouth and what comes out of your mouth. Right? And you need to take responsibility for it. And God's Word says, don't let anything corrupt come out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And all of those things, they grieve the Holy Spirit. They hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings. Ooh, it's amazing that we have the power to affect God in that way. It says, and, and so in its place, be kind to one another. <clears throat> uh, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. So this is all about how we speak and how we uh, are to communicate truth in love. It teaches us Christ-like communication in very practical ways. I like how the message uh, translates this passage. It says, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Think of it that way. Every word you say should be a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most important part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, uh, backbiting and profane talk. Be gentle with one another. Sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God forgave you. Wow. To me, that is a super high um, requirements on our communication. But we need to understand this verse and put it into practice. Our communication should never be corrupt or cutting. Uh, that, that word cutting, slicing remarks. Come on, we all know what that is. We've all experienced someone saying something that felt like a knife jabbing you in the in the side or the back, right? And you know what? Most of us know words that are cutting, especially to the people closest to us. That we can just say something a little... Eh. And God's Word is never let that come out of your mouth. Ever. Like just delete that from your vocabulary. All right? Uh, nothing hurtful or demeaning. Don't speak demeaning about people that believe things that you think are disgusting. See, there's a difference. You can disagree with someone and still treat them with dignity. In the same way, Jesus. You know, with the, the woman caught in adultery. He was no way accommodating her sinful lifestyle. But he communicated love in a way that I believe motivated her to change her lifestyle. All right? And God knows and we all know that this world needs a change, right? 
And how are we going to affect that change? Well, listen, Jesus gives us a way to affect change. And that's to communicate lovingly. Communicate truth wrapped in love. Nothing foul or dirty, unsavory or obscene. And I believe this. Uh, I've had some arguments. I had a guy leave our church. <coughs> Still dumbfounds me. And uh, but mainly over this, I'm like, listen, you can't say what is commonly considered curse words and, and be thought of as a you know, committed Christian. And he just didn't agree with me. He's like the F word and all these, you know, just foul curse words. I'm like, that's just not Christ-like. It communicates something nasty. It's obscene or dirty jokes, you know. Uh, <clears throat> no bitterness, no wrath. These are more serious things. No clamor, anger, evil speaking. We're to replace all of those things with what is good and beneficial. We really want to get to this. Necessary edification. Edification means building up, encouraging, improving. But I think the key word is, is it necessary? All right? And, and this is the one thing I've really tried to practice is asking myself, do I really need to say something? When the bartender started reviling and saying actually very critical things about his boss <laughs> and and whoever owns the company. Actually, I kind of know my wife uh, used to work with the owner of that company th- 35 years ago uh, when he was starting out. <clears throat> and like, I'm, I kind of know what he, who he's talking about. I didn't tell the bartender you need to be more loving. (laughs) Because, you know, that just wasn't necessary. It was more loving for me to to let him express himself and go, yeah, that just doesn't make sense. You know, I I hear what you're saying. All right. And so it wasn't necessary for me to bring correction. And it wasn't my place. My place in that relationship is I'm just trying to get to know him. So maybe at some point, we could have a deeper talk about something more meaningful. So often holding your tongue is better than giving your opinion. How many want to, can say amen to that? Okay. How many wish some people would hold their tongue instead of give their opinion? How many are the ones who tend up giving opinions and not holding your tongue? I was in this, this happened like 20 years ago. Uh, we were on a mission trip. And so I had to take teams with me. Um, and so there was a team of about 20 of us. It's one of the bigger teams that we ever took to Japan. So you're with these group of people for like 10 days, 24 hours, you know, for the whole time. And this young guy <laughs> who'd been part of our church for years, you know, he'd never just hung around me uh, all day long, all night, you know, just always with me. And <clears throat> at one point, halfway through the trip, he was like, he was like, geez, man. Do you have an opinion about everything? Yep. Uh, yeah, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> and it, it was like shocked me. I was like, what is he even talking about? And I was, I realized, oh, every time I'd see something, I'd give my opinion about it. And, and it just brought an awareness to me. But, but it was like a few months later, I was with my brother, my older brother. We went out to visit him. 
and I'm in his car, and he's driving, and he's telling me his opinion about everything. And I was like, oh, now I know what that young kid was experiencing, because this is just obnoxious. (laughs) So I really tried to keep my opinions to my sermons. Because I'm supposed to do that right now, right? <laughs> and the clear goal, though, is to impart grace. Each word a gift. That needs to be our goal in uh, Christ-like communication. That's how we uh, develop relationships that become healthy and healthier. All right? And so ask yourself, in any situation, any relationship, If you have a relationship that's troubled, you need to ask yourself, how can I change my communication? Maybe nonverbal communication. You know? Maybe it's the posture. Uh, My son and that video call that my wife and I had with our youngest son, Lewis, who's in Toronto, um, he he was talking about a conversation he was having with a a young woman. who lives in Germany, <laughs> over video. And uh, uh, he, he, he was into this. He was like, they were talking about potential relationship, right? And he, he was really businesslike because he wanted to keep, he wanted to say everything just perfectly right. And she called him on it. She was like, Louis, why are you so businesslike? Would you just relax? And so he was, even on the video call, it was the nonverbal you're sitting tense. You know, maybe you just need to relax. So how can you make each word a gift? And have that gift wrapped with a bow of in love. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, <clears throat> we ask, as the psalmist wrote, that the words of our mouths and the meditation of of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. And so, Lord, we need the power of your Holy Spirit to come. And we need the power of your blood that was shed on the cross to redeem us from our sinful nature. I pray for anyone here that may not have yielded their life yet to the Lord or maybe had done that years ago, but they're not living that currently. Lord, that uh, you would speak to them, they'd hear your voice, and, and each and every person in this room would respond with a surrender, as we sang during the worship song, that we surrender, that we surrender our lives to you and dedicate our lives to live as your disciple. And Lord, let that affect the way we communicate. Let the words of our mouths, let our actions, as well as our words, reflect Christ-like love in every, every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love the way that message was beating me over the head from beginning to end with my testimony. I know. And I do repent. Like, that is not the way to do it. It's That is not right. And so, Jesus, help me. Jesus, forgive me. I was thinking also about the uh, the passage that says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And that's just, it's just amazing. I think that's partly why God asks us not to do that. Because it creates something. It creates something in the atmosphere. 
So in that context, though, we also want to use our words to create life and bless this group of people here. I'm just encouraged that you're here, and I know that you guys represent um, Bear Lake, your, your counselors there, you're working with children, and it's a significant uh, role, and, and you have the ability to change lives there in a great way, and so we just want to bless you. If I just would ask the whole congregation to just extend your hands towards these fine folks as we as we pray blessing over them. Jesus, you see these amazing young folks, and you see the the impact they can have on lives this summer and, and beyond. But we just we just ask that you would anoint them. Yes. We ask that you would give them boldness to seize those moments that are critical, to uh, show love to the to the to the staff and to the children that are going to be under their care. Um, God, I pray for salvations to come from, from the work that they're doing and, and freedom from bondage. There's so many, so many people that they will touch who have such pain in their lives, and we, we just ask that you would give them the keys to, to uh, unlock that and to lead them to freedom. We pray for Joe. And Katie and the, and the rest of the staff there, that you would just do amazing things through the ministry of Bear Lake Bible Camp. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, thank you guys. And so we also have a prayer team here. My wife, I think John, you might be on this morning. Just don't be bashful. Uh, come up and get prayer. It's a powerful ministry and, you know, God hears it. He, he answers, he responds. So we bless you. Help yourself to coffee and do-